Midtown Detroit studios of WDET. This is Detroit Today. On this special edition of Detroit Today, we want to give you the chance to grieve someone you've lost during the coronavirus pandemic. We are all struggling to find ways to process the people who are dying. We can't even grieve in the normal ways. We'll have a grief counselor on the line all hour. We're going to talk about how to survive all of this emotionally. Who have you lost during the coronavirus pandemic? Tell us next on Detroit Today, right after the news from NPR. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. This is a special edition of Detroit Today from 2 to 3 today, where we want to talk specifically about the coronavirus pandemic and the things that we're losing during the pandemic, the people that we're losing during the pandemic. It's been a really hard couple of months for us as a country and especially as a community here in Southeast Michigan. If you think back to just seven weeks ago, we had no idea what kinds of things would be coming to our lives, what kinds of things would be leaving our lives, what kinds of people we wouldn't have with us going forward. It's been really hard to cope with these losses as well, because we're not able to come together to grieve in person the way we normally do. We have to figure out ways to process all of this, to move on, to hold it together in ways that we never imagined before. I think it's been really hard to process the individual losses that each of us is enduring right now when we go on social media or hear from friends or family about someone we've lost. But just as hard, and maybe even harder, is the impact on the communities that we live in. The people who had tremendous effect on our communities, who had tremendous influence in our communities, who were losing. It's really hard to imagine when the world tries to come back together, tries to get back to some sort of normalcy, what that will be like what our communities will be like, our neighborhoods, our schools, our workplaces, our churches. We've heard from a lot of you over the last seven weeks about these losses and about how difficult it has been to get through this time. And after several of you called and wrote to us about taking some time on the air just to come together to grieve, we decided to try to provide that space for you here with an hour-long show today that's dedicated to people we've lost and to the rest of us who are left trying to pick up the pieces of a community ravaged by this disease. We've got someone here who specializes in complicated grief and mourning to help us hold space this hour to hear your stories of loss and to help us connect during this really strange time that we find ourselves. Rebecca margolis Durad is a clinical social worker and local psychotherapist with a lot of experience in this area. Rebecca, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me, Stephen. It's really an honor to be part of 
this special show today. Yeah, thanks for being here with us. And, of course, we want to hear from you, the listeners. Have you lost someone during the COVID-19 pandemic? How are you honoring the people who have passed away in your community? Have you seen unconventional ways that people are expressing their grief and their loss at this time? Uh, Tell us how you're coping with the inability to do the things that we almost always do when somebody dies, the way we come together with other people who knew that person, the way we try to honor the person who's left us. All of those things have been kind of stripped away from us right now. So give us a call and tell us what you've been able to do. What have you been able to do to mark that space that you would normally use as a way to grieve a loved one, a friend, a colleague, even someone that you knew distantly. It all looks really different right now. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. Rebecca, I want to start the conversation with you talking about that connection to others and what it gives us when it comes to coping with and moving through feelings of profound loss. Sure, and I hope it's okay if I take a moment to express my sincere condolences for the death of your longtime caller and listener and friend, Tom Wilson. Sure. His death is certainly a loss to many as well as to the entire city of Detroit. Yes, yes, it was. Um, But yeah, it's a really important question that you asked, Stephen, and it's complicated because COVID-19 is so much more than a physical pandemic. It's also a pandemic of grief. And we know that grief, during pre-COVID times can feel very isolating. And now with social distancing, many of us are feeling isolated with our grief while we're in isolation. And COVID-19 has really disrupted and derailed the typical ways in which we would choose to honor the death and the dying and the mourning experience. And I think you said it really perfectly in your tribute to Tom when you said, that COVID-19 is like a tornado of tragedy. It takes us randomly and without warning. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how are we to think of this time and how are we supposed to make sense of this time and, and what we're supposed to do when we can't do all of the things that we would normally do and when the deaths that we're experiencing are so unexpected in 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 almost every case that that it's not somebody who we were expecting to, to leave us, and suddenly they're gone. I think there's kind of a one-two punch there, that, yeah. that, uh, that surprise, and then the inability to do the normal things that, uh, that, we, that we do. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering, Stephen, if it would be helpful if I could just take a minute to describe the difference between grief and mourning for the listeners. Sure, sure. Because I think we often use the terms interchangeably when they're actually quite different. Um, and so grief includes all of the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions that we hold inside of us 
when someone or something important to us has been taken away. And we grieve for losses through death, but we also grieve for losses when we lose other significant attachments, such as relationships or jobs or our health. So grief is a very personal and private experience, Mm -hmm. while mourning, on the other hand, is our public expression of grief. It's how we honor our loved ones and process their death. So an act of mourning can be anything from having an elaborate funeral um, to talking to a friend one-on-one about our loss. So it's, it's having the opportunity to have our grief witnessed by another, which is important. And and when we can't do that, when we can't yeah. have that public acknowledgement and sort of touch of the uh, someone else really sort of respecting what's happened to us, what what, what does that take away yeah. from the human experience? Yeah, yes. Um, so uh, the suffering that you're describing and that we're experiencing um, as a community is what grief experts uh, would refer to as ambiguous loss. And ambiguous loss occurs when the loss or the losses are just so unimaginable or so difficult for us to wrap our heads around that we are left with extreme uncertainty, confusions, and unanswerable questions. And that really leaves us to question our sense of self and just our overall sense of safety and security for the world that we live in, which has been irreparably changed. Um, emotionally and socially, talk about some of the best ways people can deal with these kinds of feelings right now and and kind of overcome this physical isolation, which takes so much uh, of what we're used to from us? Yeah, um, that's a great question, because I think right now um, many of us are feeling helpless and hopeless and like there's nothing within our control. And I think your question really um, speaks to the fact that we do have some control over um our actions at this time and whether that means taking a moment to be patient and kind to ourselves and to others. Um, If we can try to remind ourselves that we're all doing the best that we can to get through this unprecedented time and that we're going to make mistakes and we're going to mess up and that um, we may may be more irritable uh, with friends and family or we may forget important dates such as birthdays and anniversaries. But if we can just really give each other a bit of grace to be human, then we will get through this, and we will get through this together. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET, a special edition of Detroit Today from 2 to 3 p.m. here. Uh, We put this hour together to come together with you, our listeners, to talk about the loss we're experiencing right now, seven or eight weeks' worth of tremendous loss because of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, We want to give you the chance to acknowledge some of those losses, some of the people who you have lost during this time, family members, friends, neighbors, colleagues. I don't know that there's anybody who has been able to escape that feeling of loss during that time. Uh, And as I said in the open, It's not just an individual loss that we're talking about here. I think we're talking about community loss. I think we're talking about the ways in which the spaces in which we live and operate uh, under more normal times 
are being altered by uh, the stealing, the theft that coronavirus is inflicting on all of us, taking people who are critical parts of those community and taking them suddenly and without warning. We really want to hear from you, the listeners, about how you're experiencing this. Call and tell us about a loved one that you've lost during this stretch. Call and tell us about a friend that you've lost during this stretch. Call and tell us about someone just in your kind of immediate community who has lost their life to the coronavirus. And tell us how you're coping with that. Tell us how you're managing that loss at a time when most of the things that we're accustomed to doing when someone dies aren't really available to us. Uh, the funerals that we go to, uh, the, the community kind of gathering that we do after funerals and before, uh, the, the, the sometimes weeks-long mourning process that we go through, not by ourselves, but by interacting with other people. As always, the number here on the phones is 313 577 1019. That's 313 577 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and we will work you into the conversation. Uh, I, of course, am not any different from the rest of you. Uh, for me, this has been a really difficult stretch of time, a time in which uh, the uncertainty of people's health and their deaths has caught me by surprise several times. Uh, and recently, uh, a time in which we lost a pretty critical member of our community here on Detroit Today, Tom Wilson, who was a very frequent caller, also someone who I knew outside of this radio show, who I didn't even know was sick, uh, lost his life um, recently to the coronavirus. And in the effort to mark his death year on the program, I have to admit that I was, I was overwhelmed, that uh, that was really hard to hold it together to, to do that. And part of the reason it was hard to do that was because I was feeling that distance from everybody else. I was feeling that distance from... Tom himself and his family uh, brought on by the pandemic and all the changes that were enduring. It was strange to have to do things the way that we did for Tom. Uh, I imagine that that is happening for everybody right now as we lose people each day uh, and as the deaths pile up day after day and week after week, uh, it becomes almost a new way of having to calibrate the idea of loss, we're getting used to things um, that uh, that are not normal in in our minds, and so we put this hour together as a way to bring this community together a little more and give people the opportunity to talk about the things that they've lost and how they're processing it. So again, we really want to hear from you, the listeners. Three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. That's three one three. 577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page or to Twitter, put comments there, and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's start with Nancy in Novi. Nancy, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, good afternoon, Stephen. Thank you for allowing this forum for us to tell our stories and talk about our losses. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to share 
the community of Detroit loss of Mike Huckabee, you know, world-class producer and creator of his own sound in house and techno and dance music, mm -hmm. and he's mourned worldwide. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, that that's one of the losses that I've noticed. That's not someone that I knew uh, here in, in, in our community, but I knew of, of course. Uh, and I think there are so many instances of that kind of loss where it's not personal um, to, to me or to someone else, but it is something that we know and notice uh, because because we all live here together. Nancy, tell me about some of the things you felt about Mike Huckabee and tell me how you have dealt with, uh, with the loss itself. Well, my deceased sister, Laura Gavor, the um, owner of Yinsight Management, which was one of the first um, artist management companies for techno and Detroit House in the world, um, managed Mike in the 90s. Uh, and helped, you know, propel his sound and, and garner him, you know, a wonderful uh, booking fees around the world. And so I first came across his name in, in assisting her in putting things in his file, uh, <laughs> contracts, et cetera. And uh, so I didn't really hear Mike until my sister's, uh, I met him in 02 at her, her funeral and didn't start hearing his music until about that time where I could find joy in this music and the loss of, of my personal loss with my sister. And, and I, once I, I got on the scene, so to speak, I, I tried never to miss a Mike Huckabee set. Mm. Mm. He, he was that much of a force. His music was just so uplifting in so many ways. And so how are you marking his loss? Well, you know, we're we're shocked as a community. I mean, I I even ventured out beyond my best judgment to the Marble Bar where he was last scheduled to play. I believe it was uh, the weekend of March fourteenth, uh, Saturday, mm -hmm. and um, and I went out with a mask. <laughs> You know, knowing what the risks were, but I didn't want to miss Mike's set. And we learned that Mike had had a, a setback and was unable to play, and Delano Smith took his place. And then that Monday we learned just how severe Mike, Mike's health was. And, of course, within 24 hours, the global community raised money for his um, medical expenses. And so, uh, you know, we're just playing his music and waiting for a time that we can gather as a community and and pay respects to to this person who gave so much. I mean, his involvement with Youthville and generations of people he taught, you know, in beat making, just generous with his time in production and learning how to use Machine and Ableton and, and the tools at, at the hands of of beat makers, music makers, uh, and, and of course in our Detroit techno and house scene, that that knowledge is lost. Hmm. That loss is beyond his musical genius. That loss is the biggest. And certainly there's a plethora of other artists that could speak more to Mike 
as a human being, I've known him since Cooley High School or, you know, just those days. I mean, I'm not that person. I'm a lady who wouldn't miss a set and drove from Novi to wherever he was <laughs> to hear him play. I just didn't miss a set. Yeah. Uh, he was just that good. And it's, it's a, it was a treat to be at Motor City Wine and have Mike Huckabee right there. Mm. Yeah. You know? Uh, Nancy, I really appreciate the call and uh, and the memories. It's a really lovely tribute to uh, somebody that I think a lot of people in this community are missing right now. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about people we've lost during the COVID-19 pandemic. We're also going to continue, keep Rebecca Margolis Darod with us, a clinical social worker and local psychotherapist who specializes in complicated grief and morning, and we want to continue to hear from you about your losses during this pandemic. How are you managing the death that we're experiencing, and how are you managing the inability to grieve in the public ways that we are used to? As always, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Renaud in Detroit, you're up next. You want to join him, uh, give us a call or go to Facebook or Twitter and we'll include your comments in the conversation. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always... Thanks for tuning in. This is a special edition, an added hour of Detroit Today that we put together to allow you to come together with us to talk about some of the grief that we're experiencing, some of the loss we're experiencing during the coronavirus pandemic. We, of course, have been talking each day about different dimensions of what's going on to disrupt what were our normal lives seven or eight weeks ago. Uh, and we've heard from lots of you about people that you're losing. We've heard from people about the difficulty losing people at a time when things aren't normal and when you can't do the things that you're accustomed to doing to mark those losses. And so we put this hour together as a way to have you talk with us about those experiences, those feelings, the people that are close to you in your family or your friendship circles or your work circles, who you've lost over the past seven or eight weeks, people who all of a sudden are just gone uh, because of this really, really awful pandemic. Uh, as always, the, the number here on the phones to talk to us about those losses, how you deal with them, is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. And we have with us Rebecca Margolis Durad. She is a clinical social worker and local psychotherapist who specializes in complicated grief and mourning. Let's get back to the phones here. Uh, Renaud in Detroit, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? I'm good, um, how are you? Thank you for having me. Sure. Um, I enjoy your show. I love uh, WDET. I listen to it every day. Um, thank you for that. I have a friend who was also my pastor for many years who started the Chandler Park Academy school system in the basement of our church hmm. uh, over 20 years ago from a one-room classroom to 
the council bought Lutheran High, Regina High, and Notre Dame High next to Eastland Mall in Harper Woods. And they've turned it into a high school that's graduating children, young men and women that are getting um, scholarships from U of M, uh, Michigan State, and two of them actually were or are my children. Wow. I have uh, four children. Two of them went to Chandler Park Academy and graduated. Um, Dr. Anthony Shipley was a man not just of God, but a man who loved children. Hmm. He loved the children of Detroit, and his dream was to start Chandler Park Academy, and that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Um I'll never forget the first time I met him. He, uh, he addressed my son, who was only a toddler. He addressed him by kneeling down to him. Because, no, I was talking to him at first, telling him to do something. He said, no, no. He got on one knee, he looked him in the eye, and he told me after he talked to my son, he said, when you talk to a child, you get down on their level and look them in the eye. So you make them believe, you let them know that what they're saying is important because they're important. Wow. And he lived his life, he dedicated his life to when he lost his life on April 1st uh, from this. Um, I haven't really seen much in the paper or in the news about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he, was, he was a wonderful man. He was a wonderful man, and when you... When I was tuning in and I, you gave me this opportunity to, to, to call in, I felt I, I felt compelled that I had to say something about Dr. Shipley. Um, he was just a wonderful, beautiful man yeah. who I, I believe, because of what he dedicated his life to, his spirit will live on for, for, for many years. Well, certainly in, this, in, the, in the existence of the schools, that, that is absolutely... That's absolutely true. Uh, he was not someone I knew personally, but of course I, I recognize that name and, and associate it with the, with the school. Uh, Renat, I wonder if you can talk about how, since this was the pastor uh, uh-huh. of the church, how you've been able to mark his, his passing, how the grieving has sort of taken place in, in that church community. Well, he actually retired. He actually did retire a few years ago. Okay. And unfortunately, um, the Methodist, um, you know, church council, they didn't keep the church. They, they sold the church, Christ United on East Warren. But um, I have gone to other Methodist churches. But honestly, I, I, I've, I've just been doing a personal... I, I don't know what you would call it, introspective, hmm. um, <laughs> just prayer every morning, every night, thanking God. Um, I have a daughter in Washington. She went to Howard. She's still there. I have a daughter actually at Oakland who is um, she's determined to stay up there in Rochester, and <laughs> she's, um, she's planning on working this summer there. And then I have a son at home who went to Adrian College. He graduated from Adrian College, again, because of Dr. Shipley and the, um, and the teachers at uh, Chandler Park Academy. And I have a 16-year-old daughter at home who's also a student at Chandler Park Academy. I just thank the Father every day and every night that um, we are still here. Yeah. 
I mean, I, 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 every time I turn on the news, it's just so, it's frightening. It's absolutely frightening. I, I lost my wife back in 16, and it's, it's something that I, I, I just, <laughs> it's like a bad movie. It's yeah. like a bad movie, but I'm in it, and yeah. we're all in it. And it's just, I don't know, I just keep praying to the Father that um, we'll get through this. Yeah. Uh, we will, we will, Renat. I, I, I believe that, um, and I think that's one of the things that keeps all of us going. I really do appreciate you calling and. and well, I appreciate sharing. you. I appreciate yeah, your positiveness, good. your 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 information, your 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 <laughs> your diligence to to just being honest and real. And again, I I, I enjoy your show, and thank you, man. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for everything. No, thank you, thank you very much for for calling and sharing. Uh, Rebecca Margolis, Darad, before we get back to callers, uh, th- what Renaud was saying about this sort of private and silent way of dealing with this loss in his life, I think that's something that uh, lots of people are having to come to terms with doing at this point because there, because there aren't ways uh, or as many ways to do it, uh, to do it publicly, but I, but I was encouraged by, I guess, the tone in Renaud's voice. It didn't sound as sorrowful, I suppose, as it as it could have. It sounded sort of resolute in the the idea that this could be managed without all of the the normal things that uh, that we come to expect. Yeah, I I completely agree, and I was just really impressed with Renaud, the way he spoke of Dr. Shipley and the magnificent work he's done and how he was able to point to um, the spiritual element of this whole process and how um, spirituality is inherently a part of of grief. And the fact that he's able to rely on that sounds like that's been a really healthy, healthy coping mechanism as well. Yeah. Yeah. Again, uh, Renaud, thanks very much for the call. Uh, and sharing your experiences. Let's go to Jim in Detroit. Jim, welcome to Detroit Hi, today. How are you? Hey, Jim. How are you? Good. I think that um, I've been in and out of the city with work and projects out of town. One of the things that you do become familiar with and comfortable with are the voices that are on DET. And you talked about last week, Tom. Yes. And his loss and uh, being one that is often waiting and looking and hoping to hear those familiar voices. I recognize him coming back into town the few days that I had, I had it on and I didn't hear him. Um, In the course of this, I also lost my father, a neighbor that I was close to, and uh, there are 30 people in the dance community in Detroit that have been lost. Wow. And once reflecting on that, excuse me, I really felt how significant Tom's voice was um, to the community at large 
to all the other voices that we may not have heard. But to the voices, excuse me, of this city, uh, the the pride that I heard in him and many of the things that I agreed with, and then those things that I may not have agreed with him or just the maybe the tenor of our conversation, it always brought a smile to my face to hear him in the morning to hear him as the first caller in (laughs) and how, and then finding out that sometimes you, as you were coming in, you knew that he was the first caller. (laughs) He was already there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I think that that's what we all have been to each other in this town. Yes. There are so many people that their voices are important to hear. They are touchstones to our ear and touchstones to our hearts. And Tom was one of those. And uh, he absolutely was. So, so, so Jim, I, I, I really deeply appreciate you calling in uh, to, to recognize the community loss that we've experienced uh, because of Tom's death. And that's, I think, uh, for me, you know, I I thought a lot about uh, what I said on the program the day after he died and why I was as overcome as I was. And, of course, I was sad. I was sad for Tom himself. I was sad for Tom's family. But I was, I think, um, just as sad about the loss to this community. And when I say that, I mean not just this radio show or this radio station, but this community that we live in here in the, in the city of Detroit and, and all of Southeast Michigan. And I think you've really, really captured uh, uh, why we, why we feel that way about someone like Tom and, and the kind of loss we feel. But, but I also want to go back to something else you said that, that, You've lost 30 members of the dance community here in Southeast Michigan uh, because of that. And that's not something I've heard. That's not a community I'm particularly uh, connected to or close with. Um, can you talk just a little more? That's, a, that's an incredible number. It, it's, it's not a community that I was deeply involved with, um, but a, a long-term, <clears throat> long-time friend of mine. Uh, Gilbert Woods has been a part of that community, and and then I found that um, one of our former judges uh, have been a part of that community also, and she equally had uh, lost members and new members of that uh, of the dance community in town, and it. Um, I was in and out of it over a course of years, but. Uh, those people that you met, uh, again, significant in their professionalism in the course of the city, ranging from attorneys to federal judges to, to, to just workers, tradespeople, that would meet on Tuesdays and Thursday nights at, around in the community and uh, just had a wonderful time with the music of the city 
music of their time and mm. dancing. Yeah. Um, the, wow. um, there are a number of dance communities in, in town and uh, and in and around Detroit that I've been occasionally involved in. Um, uh, there is one dance for, for, uh, dance community, a folk dance community out at St. James mm-hmm. before it closed, and they formally were down at the International Museum uh, down on Kirby. Um, but that community is now having dances at um, at Mary Grove mm. over a course of time. But the the variety uh, of ethnic dancing, uh, the the variety of um, the opportunity to be involved in different aspects of Detroit. Um, the beauty of our city is the overlay of communities and overlay of international communities throughout Detroit yes. through that migration that happened, certainly with the black migration. But we have to step back and think about the I- Irish migration, the Greek migration, the, you know, <clears throat> the yeah. Chaldean migration and the reasons in which they came to Detroit. Yeah. Um, and and how great this community is because because they're all here uh jim i i, I really appreciate the call uh and your thoughts and you're sharing the information about the dance community which is not something i've heard uh, a ton about while all of this has uh has been going on okay we're going to take another quick break and when we come back we're going to continue to talk about grief uh, during the coronavirus pandemic, Kevin and Warren, Bernadette and Old Redford, we will get to you next. And we will continue to talk with Rebecca margolis Durad, clinical social worker and local psychotherapist. And if you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. This is a special edition of Detroit Today from 2 to 3 this hour to talk about grief and loss during the coronavirus pandemic, the ways in which we're experiencing profound grief and loss because of the way that this disease is stealing from us individually and as a community. And we're talking about the ways in which we deal with those losses at a time when we're cut off from many of the ways that we might normally do that. Uh, Joining us this hour is Rebecca Margolis-Durad. She's a clinical social worker and local psychotherapist who specializes in complicated grief and mourning. And, of course, we want to hear from you. Uh, What kinds of losses are you experiencing during this pandemic? What kinds of things have been taken from you in your family, in your circle of friends or colleagues? or in your neighborhood, or in your church? Uh, And how are you dealing with that? How are you able to express grief without many of the public ways that we are used to doing that? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or to Twitter and put the comments there, and we'll try to work them into the conversation. Uh, Let's go to Kevin in Warren. Kevin, 
Welcome to the show. Oh, I think we lost Kevin there. Kevin, uh, call us back if you'd like to uh, participate. I think you had a really interesting point to share with us there. Uh, let's go to Bernadette in Old Redford. Bernadette. Hi, Stephen. I am so pleased that you took my call, and I'm delighted with the sensitivity and the sentimentality that Jim expressed. I want to talk about obituaries, and it seems that I have uh, been transformed into an obituary writer for long-term friendships, um, and people don't seem, the grieving families aren't ready to, uh, at, at hand, to have those obituaries. I'd often thought that there should be an obituary project house at the African-American Museum because obituaries are something that we all hang on to. I can't throw them out. I have a box full of obituaries <laughs> in my basement. Huh. And now when we can't have funerals, it seems even more important that the obituary captures the essence of a person's life. Mm. Uh, Bernadette, it's, it's as though you have been uh, living in my mind for some time. Uh, it's like you're saying things that I've been thinking and saying to some degree for a little bit. And, and actually this predates the coronavirus pandemic. I mean, if you think about how much we've lost just in terms of obituaries in newspapers over, over time as newspapers have gotten smaller uh, and as their staffs have gotten smaller, as the priority that obituaries used to have has declined, I think uh, it has been become more and more, more and more difficult to memorialize people in, in that way. And I've sort of played with the idea for a while of the idea of an obituary project, something that would provide written uh, memorialization of people who, who die, at least for families, right? Just so that people's families could have it. But, but also uh, getting to your idea of having it as, as part of, uh, of the Museum of African American History here in, in, in Detroit, for instance, would be about preserving that record of life and death, uh, which is that sort of initial version of history. Uh, we, we've lost a lot of that. And, and I think the idea of something like the pandemic inspiring a return to something like that is really is really interesting. Um, uh, Rebecca Margolis Dorad, I, I wonder if you can talk about ways in which the, the grieving process and the things that we've lost from the grieving process during this pandemic somehow change the future for us. In other words, remind us of things that we've lost and turn us back to them or inspire the creation of new ways of grieving that we then hang on onto into the future. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Bernadette, I am so impressed with um, the blessing that you're giving your friends of helping them write their obituaries because that's a very difficult task. Mm -hmm. And to capture the essence of a person um, is so important. I know when I talk to individuals who are grieving, their biggest fear is often that their loved one will be forgotten. And by um, documenting their story on paper and celebrating them, that is certainly a way to make sure that that does not happen. Um, but yes, Stephen, I, I think what you said is absolutely correct. The world as we have known it 
um, is gone. It's different. And many things are going to have to change. And I agree with you that one of those areas is going to be the way that we celebrate and honor our loved ones um, who, who leave us. Mm-hmm. And I think that by being creative, the way Bernadette was to think about um, doing something like an obituary, but just the important piece is to stay connected. And even though we can't be together in the formal way we used to be, um, even if it's just calling a friend or using your social media or um, video visits one another, um, grief is really not something that we're meant to do alone. Right. Right. Uh, Kevin was apparently not able to stay with us on the line, uh, but he was talking about survivor's guilt, uh, that that in addition to the grief of losing people during this pandemic, there is that question that I think enters a lot of our minds, which is, well, why hasn't this happened to me? This is so random uh, that. I think it's natural to start to turn to those questions about uh, who makes it and who doesn't and and whether we feel guilty because we either are still alive or maybe that we haven't lost as much as other people or other families. I think that's another kind of guilt that people are experiencing right now. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I'm really glad that Kevin brought that up because I think that is something that is somewhat unique to what we're experiencing with this grief pandemic in the sense that, as you said, um, the question of how come I'm surviving and others aren't or why am I keeping my job when my coworkers have been let go. Um, for many, it, these outcomes feel and seem very random um, in terms of who lives and who dies and who becomes uh, financially unstable and, and who does not. And I, I think the other side of that that you were talking about is, you know, I haven't lost enough, that sort of comparative grief where do I have a right to, to grieve this because it's, it's not as severe or it doesn't seem as serious as maybe someone else who had more losses. And, and I really want to caution people um, from engaging and comparing their grief because, the most important grief is your grief, and, um, and, and that's something important to keep in mind. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, also, um, I also wonder whether um, the, 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 the comparisons between mortal loss and economic loss are something that, that, that uh, makes this difficult. I know a lot of people who are suffering economically in ways that they could never have imagined before. And I think it's different from mortal loss, very, very different. But I think there's also a a tension or a rivalry that has grown out of that, that I'm not sure everyone knows how to, how to make sense of. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's very true. And I think that right now, um, people are trying their best to get through um, this difficult time, and we're already stressed with our resiliency and our resources that we have to get through difficult times. And then when there's the financial element on top of that, it can really deplete our capacity um, to grieve and to also um, be empathetic to others and see from from 
their perspective. So maybe um, someone lost a job or financially they're struggling and, and maybe a neighbor is not to, to not judge or to not try to um, compete, but to step back and recognize that we're all going through different situations right now. I, I, I want to end on um, on maybe an optimistic note. I try to do that a lot here on the show. Um, I wonder what opportunities you feel like, Rebecca, we take from from this. I mean, this is a very painful experience, but what is the thing that, that we take from it that propels us forward, perhaps yeah. in a way that uh, that ends up being for good? Yeah, that's important, and I'm, I'm grateful we're ending on a positive note because while it's devastating that the pandemic has changed our world forever, it has also helped us appreciate maybe what we did not um, realize was so important to us before, like friends and family and just the routines of, of the normal day that we're no longer able to do, going to the coffee shop or doing um, just the simple things that, that are gone. And so... I know at least for me, it's sort of um, really a, a, a realization of just appreciating um, the small things, the, sort of those meaningful moments. And right now, it's really hard to necessarily find meaning and see meaning when everything is so chaotic. But even if it's just that, wow, I had a good cup of coffee today, or you know, I had a good conversation with someone and I didn't lose my temper, just finding those small spots of hope. Um, can really help us keep our um, our self balanced. Yeah. Okay, Rebecca Margolis Durad. Uh, it was really great to have you here for this hour with our listeners on Detroit Today. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Stephen. That's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow at nine for a conversation about the future of retail, both locally and across the country, something that is absolutely going to change dramatically when this all is over. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.